Welcome to the Frontline Herbalism Podcast with your host Nicole Rose from the Solidarity Apothecary. This is your place for all things plants and liberation. Let's get started. Hello everyone, welcome back. Thanks for joining me again. So in this episode I'm just going to be reading like a final kind of snippet from the Prisoner's Herbal which is introducing how the plant profiles are structured in the book. And then, yeah, the next few episodes, we'll be doing like a real deep dive into into all the amazing plants. So um, that's super exciting. And as for me, I just I just got back from Poland this week. I was there with our Ukraine Herbal Solidarity Project. I know I keep promising an episode, but I promise I will do one soon, focused all about the project and what we're doing. Um, it was brilliant to check in with the Ukrainian herbalists at the site who are doing such an amazing job of greeting people from coaches giving them medicine to support them and their nervous systems, whether it's valerian or skullcap or immune tonic or elderberry syrup if they've got coughs and colds. Yeah, they've been out there really a long time now doing that kind of frontline work. And I just had like a little, yeah, I just had a little brief check in with them and how they're getting on. And I dropped a huge fan load of thousands of medicines off with them and um yeah just did some kind of like faffy jobs really like around the house yeah drove them to the site and had some talks about where things are going and you know where we're going to shift our kind of energy and focus to next which will hopefully be distributing in Ukraine itself as the kind of evacuation site gas station stop might be closing down um it's been maintained by volunteers for months now just from the local community local polish people and um yeah i think that yeah, every time they want to close it down, like, you know, hundreds of people arrived like the last day when they were planning to close it down, 35 coaches came. Obviously, that's like a lot of people. So they decided to stay open for longer. So it's all in flux, but we will do a bigger episode about that soon. And then, yeah, just in terms of just in terms of shout outs, friends from Bristol Anarchist Black Cross, I mentioned them last week, who've been doing support work for people um, imprisoned after the demonstration in Bristol last year. They're also supporting someone called Wayne um, and he is a friend of my best friend Sam in prison. She's kind of like a mother hen of the prison um, prison wing and she took him under her wing and calls him her son and yeah supported him and I remember like the worst day when she called me and said he'd been attacked by officers and yeah he's black and a trans mask prisoner um, he's just been released after spending three years inside a women's prison and we're doing a crowdfunder to help him get um, housing. So at the moment he's in a in a bell house and they're charging him rent and he's really struggling with it. And, you know, these places, they kind of threaten to recall you back to prison at the drop of a hat. So we're really trying to get him somewhere independent so he can get on his feet. Um, and yeah, I will put the link in the show notes. If anyone can contribute to that, that would be amazing. Obviously, this first season is all about the prisoners' herbal. Um, and if anyone, you know, listening knows me, like, you know that I care about people in prison. And I also care about keeping people out of prison. And it's actually Pride Month um, as well. So, yeah, if you want to support a black trans uh, friend of mine who's left prison, who really needs your kind of, like, financial solidarity, that'd be amazing. He's an absolute babe, like, such a sweetheart. And, yeah, I just, I can't bear the thought of him going back inside. So we're trying to do everything we can to to keep him out here. Um, okay, so I'm going to dive, dive into the show now.
This first part of the book contains plant profiles. These are an overview of different plants with information about their medicinal and edible properties, how to harvest and prepare them, and some interesting folklore. The profiles also contain advice on how to identify the plants. Below, I have tried to clarify what some of the other sections mean. Botanical names. Okay, so plants, like many things within the context of a Eurocentric colonial history, have been through a process of classification, come to be called taxonomy. Carl Linnaeus, an 18th century Swedish botanist, physician and zoologist, formalised this modern system of naming plants and animals. This classification occupies a complicated territory. It is part of the naming, controlling, ordering and theft that happened under white colonial expansion, and it has some use in terms of creating a common language for patterns and identification. Botanical names can be useful because it means people from all over the world can communicate about a plant and know they're talking about the same one. Because there are so many amazing folk names for plants in all different regions, using botanical names helps us to classify certain plants. Latin is often used for botanical names because it is a quote-unquote dead language that is no longer changing. Though at times cumbersome, botanical names can hold useful information, showing glimpses into medicinal attributes. For example, motherwort is called Leonorus cardiaca, and cardiac means relating to the heart. This scientific classification gives the genus and then the species name in Latin. For example, Achillea millifolium, um, which is the arrow. Of course, we often know plants more by their common names, or folk names, in this case yarrow. All the names for plants, scientific and folk, can be a source of information about the plant's use. Comfrey, whose folk name is knitbone, can be used to heal fractures and bone breaks. Coltsfoot, a lung herb, grows in the shape of a coltsfoot and in Latin, and its Latin name, Tussilago farfara, means cough dispeller. Plant family. Okay, classification of groups of plants into families can sometimes tell us about the nutritional and medicinal actions of the herbs that are classified together in one family. It can also help with identifying plants we are unsure about as we may recognise certain family characteristics. Other species. These are listed because you might be in a region with different species of similar plants that share similar properties. Knowing the plant families and similar species can give us clues to the properties of plants we might encounter. Ecological role. I always like to include notes on the ecological role that plants play because it helps me to be less anthropocentric, for example human focused, and remember that plants are also there for the birds and the bees and to help the soil in different ways, amongst other reasons. Um, and also like plants help other plants, right? Like they release like compounds from their roots that um, may support other trees, for example, with diseases. So yeah, I like to kind of frame this now nowadays as like kind of medicinal ecology. Okay, side note. Knowing where to find a plant also really helps. For example, knowing that daisies prefer shortly cut lawns means this is where we will start our search. Chemical constituents. I know these can look like a long list of geeky words, but I also know that prisons are full of incredibly smart people who love learning about science. Constituents are some of the chemicals and compounds found in certain plants. They can help us understand how plants work medicinally. There is an incredibly fascinating world of plant chemistry. Temperature. All plants have a different action upon the temperature in the body. Some are very cooling and eating them may make us feel colder. And if, for example, we have very hot inflammation on our skin, we might appreciate this cooling action. Others can be very warming. For example, if we are sick with a bad cold and have the chills, a warming herb might be exactly what we need. Knowing the temperature of a plant can help us make a decision about whether it will help us or not. 
For example, being cold and then taking even more cooling herbs might not be a good idea. And just like on a side note of this, like I think this kind of, um, this stuff is like so relevant. Like I have such a warm constitution. Um, and when I have kind of like heating, stimulating plants, like it really is like not, <laughs> not good with my constitution and my kind of like energy and my like, um, yeah, my kind of like style of being, if that makes sense. I just, yeah, I just, it took me a long time to really like get this stuff, if that makes sense. And, you know, like other people, like they can just be so cold, like kind of like thin and just always feel the cold, sleep with their socks on. That's you. You're going to laugh because I know people do that. Like my partner, one of my partners does it and I just don't understand it. But um, yeah, like for him having like cooling cold plants, like isn't, yeah, it's not ideal. But, you know, time and place, right? Like someone could also be very hot with a fever and want something cooling. So I don't want you to have like a binary way of looking at this stuff, if that makes sense. I just think it's like a useful tool. Okay, moisture. Herbs can also have different effects on our bodies in terms of moisture. Some plants may be very drying and they can work to make us sweat or pee more, brackets are diuretic, so they can have an overall drying effect on our bodies. Others can be very moistening, for example if we have dry or hard stools and tense constipation, certain plants can help lube us up, bringing more moisture to the tissues. Or if we have a dry hacking cough, we want something silky and smooth to soothe our mucous membranes. And again, I think this stuff's really relevant. Like I have got more, I'm like more prone to like dry heat and tension in my body. So for me, like moistening, relaxants are like the way to go. Like they're the absolute um, goldmine for my constitution and for my body. And I think when you know that about yourself like that's when we can like unlock some of these keys to herbal medicine to make it like much more effective for us tissue states tissue states are a whole world of learning in herbal medicine and there are books dedicated to understanding them i have included them for reference purposes in case people would like to learn more an incredibly brief summary of them might be that there are different ways that tissues in our bodies experience illness and that these tissue states indicate certain excesses or deficiencies. The list of tissue states in these plant profiles are the tissue states that these plants can be very useful useful for. For example, okay, I'm going to run through these now and I'll probably like ad-lib a little bit. Um, heat or excitation. So there may be a lot of actual heat, such as a fever, inflammation or a rash, or things may be running faster than normal. This would be like agitation or overstimulation um, emotionally or physiologically, such as heart palpitations. A herb that is warming can warm up a cold situation or get things that have slowed down moving again. A health situation that has a lot of heat may benefit from a cooling or relaxing herb. So for example, um, I had costochondritis um, for like a couple of years and that kind of like triggered seeing a herbalist and deciding to train in herbal medicine and yeah I had incredibly like hot symptoms so I would have literal red rash across my chest, I'd have sharp stabbing pains, um, lots of heat, I was very agitated, irritated, hyper aroused with my PTSD, like I had this excitation in me if that makes sense and you know I'm going to do like a whole other episode about PTSD and cooling herbs and herbs to support the nervous system but you can see in that context that you really need things that can 
um, that can kind of like cool you down and like moisten, lubricate those tissues. Okay, damp stagnation. Imagine a swamp that is damp water hanging around going smelly. This often occurs because the body cannot eliminate fluids or waste products well. This can also lead to inflammation as the body tries to deal with the stuck fluid. Herbs that can stimulate circulation and lymphatic movement can help move things that are stuck or stagnant. Astringent herbs can also be helpful. So, yeah, like here we're kind of looking at, for example, um, someone might have like hemorrhoids and that could be, I mean, hemorrhoids can be caused by all sorts of things, like also a kind of relaxed um, tissue state, but it might be that damp relaxation. This is where the tissue is so relaxed that it can no longer hold form or fluids. For example, organ prolapse, which is, you know, really serious, uh, varicose veins or a flabby tongue. Or similarly, excess fluid loss like diarrhea or excessive sweating. This can also create a similarly swampy environment prone to disease. So I know that like really doesn't sound very like scientific, but obviously, you know, this book is written for for people in prison Um who have like varying levels of of literacy from, you know, like incredibly well educated to people who can't read and write. So it's kind of like I'm trying to use like very accessible language in the book. Okay, for this tissue state, herbs that are useful are those that can help tone the tissues. These are often called astringents and their tanning content effectively tightens tissues up. When herbs have damp actions, we call this moistening or demulsant. Moistening herbs are perfect when you have dried out situations for softening things that have become hardened or for feeling dehydrated. Dry atrophy. Think of a desert. Here is where there is a lack of fluids, such as water or oil, which longer term can lead to a lack of function or atrophy. For this tissue state, we'd want oily and demulcent herbs. Sometimes a gentle astringent herb can also help tone tissues to stop more fluids being lost. So like, for example... This is a tissue state that I often see in vegans. Like I've been vegan for, for 20, 20 years now, um, maybe longer, God. Um, but I can see it where people have like a kind of fat deficiency and they often have like a very thin, deficient appearance. Um, and yeah, I like to then give them herbs with like a high oil content like burdock or literally using things like infused lavender oil like on the on their tissues regularly to kind of um address that kind of um that kind of dryness and that atrophy um obviously you know it's like a bit more complicated internally but i think yeah that's kind of like a thing i often see in people experiencing burnout who maybe have some other forms of like deficiencies or you know, like deficiency of rest, deficiency of nourishment. And yeah, I just, I always just want to like dump them in a bath of oil um, because that's what their nervous system needs. Like our nervous system needs fat um, to kind of support the myelin sheath around the nerve cells. So yeah, it's really important tissue state. All right, uh, cold depression. A sensation of coldness as well as a general underactivity, for example, constipation, emotional depression, or the immune system being unable to get a fever going to respond to viruses and so forth. Herbs recommended for this state will be warming and stimulating. You know, you get people that are like, oh, you know, I never get colds. And, but that can sometimes really be because their immune system's actually under, underactive and they might have a kind of like general sense of depression in the body. It's not just kind of doing what it needs. It hasn't got that kind of vitality 
Okay, wind tension. Imagine a guitar string that's wound up too tight. Too much tension can constrict things like the circulation of blood or body fluids, often leading to irritability, muscle tension and spasms. For this state, we want herbs that can relax excess tension. Um, so this, <laughs> this is me. This is like, I am that guitar string. Yeah, I can be very, very tense and anxious and kind of constricted. So for me, again, it comes back to this kind of like softening, moistening, relaxing um, herbs, demulcents, things that can relax like excess tension. And, you know, like if anyone has, I mean, everyone's experienced some kind of um, emotional distress, right? But for people who experience kind of um, traumatic stress or struggling with post-traumatic stress, um, effects then yeah they often have this uh, tissue state like maybe you've got really sore back muscles maybe you get um, spasms maybe you're incredibly irritable and it might be that you really need like relaxants okay laxity laxity is when things are much too relaxed often this comes along with dampness or dryness but in general too much re relaxation means your water will flow in weird ways um, but laxity can show up elsewhere in muscles that don't get enough movement or in a mind that can't hold a train of thought even in the immune system when your defenses can't keep you from getting sick gentle astringents may be appropriate as well as nutritive herbs you can definitely have more than one of these at the same time just choose the herbs that address whatever is most uncomfortable and make adjustments as you go in the end all herbs share some qualities in common most have anti-inflammatory actions, most have nutritional benefits, and most herbs can help strengthen your body's innate ability to find balance. So if you can't exactly get what you wished you could, work with what you have. Herbal actions. This is the list in the medical community's understanding of how herbs work. They can give us an understanding of the wide range of actions that plants can have in the body. There is a glossary at the back of the book that explains what these actions mean. Health challenges. I have listed the general health conditions and challenges that plants are commonly used for on the out, so like on the outside of prison, and how to practically use them in prison. I have written how they can be directly used in a prison context with recommendations on how to prepare them um, and different dosages. Okay, so that's like an introduction to the plant profiles. And then in the next few episodes, I'm just going to be doing like such an epic deep dive into all of these herbs going to be looking at dandelion and nettle and self-heal and rose and yeah it's going to be it's going to be super fun you'll be like oh finally we can talk about plants yeah so thanks again for your support take care thanks so much for listening to the frontline herbalism podcast you can find the transcript the links all the resources from the show at solidarityapothecary.org forward slash podcast